You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the worst damn 4-1 team in the league. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Cranky Fan? Ah, uh, feeling old. Uh, <laughs> the worst damn 4-1 team ever. You know, I saw something today, Grump, they listed the last, in the last 20 years, the worst teams by DVOA that were 4-1, and one, and we were the 10th worst so we're not technically the worst four and one team of all time. So I know that's take in that his... Twitter. Yeah. So I know <laughs> narratives be narrating, but no. But I seriously though, I think it is a kind of a discussion we should have about not so much that we're the worst four and one team of all time because that's silly. But the other kind of narrative with it is: is this team for real or not? And I think it's time to really start having those conversations because you know. We're getting to week six. Yeah, you're right. This is week six. I mean, we we were kind of tabling this discussion when it was week one and two, you know, beat the Titans right, right. off the bat. That that discussion immediately comes to mind, like, oh shit. That wasn't that wasn't bad at all. But uh you can't have that discussion then because week one means nothing. We're now on week six and we just beat the Packers, so right. I think it's a fair game to start talking about it. You wanna launch into your thoughts? Especially because, you know, we're coming up in week six. We're playing Baltimore, who is, you know, a playoff team. So, you know, that means after six weeks, we have played three playoff teams. And if we win this game Sunday, that means we have beaten two of those three playoff teams and only one of those at home. So I, I think that the, the conversation is, is this team for real? I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks this is a a Super Bowl team, an NFC, you know, conference champ, a team that's going to win a division even, but is this team real being a real football team, a team that's not going to, a team that will have meaningful football games after Thanksgiving, a, a team that's going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe it is that just the, the sum is greater than the parts. And there's a lot of parts have been kind of thrown together. You know, we just, put it in a stew and cooked it up, but maybe we have something here. What, what do you think? Well, I don't know about it. See, I think that this is going to be probably, well, let's start right off the bat. They, they've already matched their win total from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- remember though, that last year was a combination of, you know, injuries as bad, if not worse than we have right now. And a team that basically quit on their coaching staff. We have the uh, polar opposite than we do right now. What, what was their win total in 2020? Five. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the difference? Um, yeah. I, I guess my, my point is is that we're not even used to seeing this kind of thing. So, it is necessary to kind of take a step back. Because I don't, I don't know if they look like a wild card team. Um, they have their moments for sure. Uh, and uh, that was most evident last week. 
Bef- prior to last week, I wouldn't say that they really looked like a wild card team. And mm-hmm. the added thing to think about here is that the NFC East is uh, insanely good this year. I mean, it, it is surprising to me that Dallas has done what they've done with just Cooper Rush uh, kind of manning the helm. Now, well, if, if, if Dallas shit the bed the way we expected to, I would say... Yes, this looks like a wild card team because I've seen improvement on both sides of the ball going up to it. Up last week was the pinnacle of it, and now they're in second place in their division. Dallas and Washington are not out of it, but they're they're definitely in a class below. Dallas has to make up some ground when Dak comes back. They look like they're a playoff team. I can't say that right now because I just don't know that they're good enough to squeak in there. Um I think there's a difference between, you know, literally being in the playoffs and being a playoff quality team. Like some teams, just don't, some teams just don't make it because, you know, they lose a tiebreaker or, or for whatever reason, which is not the case that we saw in 2020, where basically because Philly tanked, we didn't make the playoffs. But none of us thought that was a playoff team. You know, th- I'm talking about a team that. You know, no, I, I, so we yeah. we now look like okay. I'll demonstrate my point on what I think we look like, but I think that we're trending towards looking like what the Titans were a couple years ago, except they were a power running team. We're more of a finesse running team. Uh, that's what I think we're trending towards. But I'm just gonna read off. I'm gonna go through the rest of the schedule because we've mm-hmm. done our 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 losses and wins and pen and yeah. pencil or whatever. Uh, but now, w- with with some fresh goggles, I'm just going to rattle off um, some teams here. So the Ravens, the Jaguars, Seahawks, Texans, Lions. Then you have Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders again, Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. Not a lot of not a lot of tough ones in there. No, I mean I think this. I think it was might have been Bobby said it or someone said it out there. I don't know who to give credit to, but it was like if you think the Packers were oh they're they're not that good the Packers and who's actually good that's left on their schedule other than you know the two teams in the division. I mean you just Minnesota Minnesota team looks pretty good thus far. Uh, the Colts could go either way. The Ravens. Eh. And that's that really that, it, man. None of those teams scare me. And you just rattle off a bunch of names in the very beginning of that list coming up in the next six weeks that, you know, the Giants keep playing the way not, – not looking at their roster, but the way they've executed and played and out kind of out kicking their coverage of how they played. I mean, you could really say that's like a four and two, five and one stretch coming up. You can. And, and so here's, here's the thing. I can't tell if they've outkicked their coverage or if this is who they are. When I say that, just give me a moment here because mm-hmm. um, there are certain things I think are getting going to get better. Uh, the defense is going to get better. We're going to get into this. But the mm-hmm. defense hasn't been healthy together yet up front mm-hmm. or in back for that matter. But up front, they haven't been healthy. They had like three quarters of a game with Leonard Williams – Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Aziz Ojolari all playing at full health. You know, right. so uh, that I expect to keep getting better. On the offensive side, I haven't seen really anything 
from Wandale Robinson or Kadarius Tony in this offense with this coaching staff to know for sure that that is part of this year's offense that isn't missing that or that that's missing that we haven't gotten to see yet or if that's just not part of this offense same thing with Kenny Galladay for that matter you know what I mean like these are integral pieces that if if there's a spot for them that they're ready for in the case of Wandale Robinson you know what I mean if there's a spot for them they have room to grow on offense but if if Kadarius Tony is really not in this coaching staff's thoughts, if there is a disconnect there other than the injury, um, if same thing with Kenny Galladay, if these guys are not part of the offense and they're just roster anchors that are weighing them down uh, on the on the cap side of things, then they're not going to grow any more than what we've already seen on offense, and that's not good enough. Uh, well, I think so. That's kind of where I'm st- like like is the offense going to get better? That's what I'm worried about. Well, Wanda Robinson, they drafted. So they, you know, their thought coming out of college was this is a guy that was going to fit what we want to do. And, and I and I agree with that and I understand that. And I also accept that there is many things that the coaching staff knows and thinks that I am not privy to. What, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm looking back to preseason training camp practices we went to. I don't really remember seeing Wanda Robinson doing anything. Maybe I'm forgetting too, but do you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, again, how much are we privy to during I, I, all of that? I, and I accept that. What I'm saying is I haven't seen anything to be excited about Wondell Robinson a, a, in this offense yet. So I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know how ready he is. You know what I mean? Like maybe he isn't all the way mentally ready at the NFL speed for an NFL play. I don't know. But I haven't seen anything that scares me. But even like even a guy like Kenny Galladay, where you know it's obvious he's in the doghouse, you know, and, and whatever. But the presence of him out there, I think you have to think a little differently as a defense that he is out there. Sure. I I, I, I mean I that. think I think the perception. That okay. Fans, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, the fans in the media have a different perception of Kenny Galladay, and I think what opposing coordinators think of him so you know if you have kenny sills running out there how much are you really concerned about him running a route not much kenny galladay on the other hand or even Kadarius tony or even wandell it's just they have more physical skills than who are out there right now so the production may not be better but they may open up production for somebody right. else Better for the whole of the offense okay yeah that's fair so what i think of this team is right now this is a team that can that will beat bad teams, uh, will hang around with middle teams, and can upset good teams. That's what I think they are right now. Which and is, to me, that is a fringe playoff team. I know what that is for me. Way above and beyond <laughs> expectations. And you know what that is? That we, We've said this before on previous shows that you're going to get more buy-in from everybody in that building because you're winning. And you're competitive and it's not lip service because a coaching staff that's drilling home something and you're not seeing results and it's human nature. So, you know, hanging around with the green bays of the world and beating them, hanging around with Baltimore this week, that's proving that the message isn't just words. It's actually, there's results. And again, me and you and every other 
you know, giant show out there. Nobody predicted this this early, and it's kind of house money. Like whatever, you know, winning these games is house money at this point for for twenty twenty two, and I'm we're just happy to go along for the ride for it. Yeah, um, I would say that people saw the easy schedule or the potential for an easy schedule here. It was just a matter of. I don't think that this team is going to be good enough to win all those games. Uh, so, like, you could certainly see, like, once they beat the Titans, it was legitimate to be like, wait a minute. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and notice I said me, before, when I said 4-1, and one, I said, could be. Yeah. I didn't say, put that in pen, we're going to go 4-1. and one. That's right. I said, we could be, which, you know, in, in the offseason, none of us had could be four and one for any of that stretch of games right yeah um i i think that this is a fringe playoff team and uh that for me counts as for real um (laughs) yeah but but also i think that some of their playoff nature is uh maybe the nfc just isn't very strong or something this year i don't know it's still early it's still early it's hard teams like green bay Green Bay will be just fine, I think, when we get towards the end of the season. Sure. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, maybe Philly but, but, is just. But a... more than we've ever seen before, like teams that play us, they have to do work. This is not a. Uh, oh yeah. They know how to shut us down. We've seen it before. You know, whatever. Like, there, there, there is work to be done. That's the most we've seen in a long time. So. Oh, another reason I think that this offense is going to get better is at some point, Shane Lemieux is going to come back. Well, that's that's the hope. Uh, I haven't heard anything this week about uh, Shane Lemieux. Have you? Not this week, but I mean at some point this season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna move I'm gonna move this topic on since we I think we we covered yeah. it right. Yeah. So, uh, but but people who are coming back, we already mentioned Wandale Robinson. Looks like he is getting ready to return after suffering knee injury in like the first play of the first game of his <laughs> first year. Um, so. You know, I, I hinted at that. You know, I, I think that there is definitely a purpose for him in this offense, but uh, I haven't really seen him produce from that in any way that wasn't more than just a couple of yards here and there so uh, or just negative plays. So I am interested to see if he is going to be active for this game. I don't know. What are your gut feeling there with him? My gut feeling is he's going to play. And I think this offense may he may – you know, again, they drafted him, and okay, this offense might have mutated a little bit since he's been gone since so early in, in the preseason. But if it has, you have a talent like him, you better find a couple plays in your playbook to get to him. And I think they, I think this coaching staff is smart enough that, again, this might be a little bit of a mutation of what their offense wants to be because of the personnel. They'll find some some specific plays for him and make it work with him. Doesn't mean he's gonna get. 12 targets a game, but, you know, they might be working on a pitch count with him to get him started. Yeah, so you think it's going to be like a low snap count in his first game, right? I think so. I think a low snap count and even low target count just to kind of ease him in. I mean, it's going to be his first NFL game as well. So you have, you know, jitters and stuff just because it's your first game. Never mind just easing him back into, you know, super fast flow of the game. Yeah, I I think so too. Um I wonder if he's going to be mostly a decoy out there. I mean, because there is no film on him, I mean, you might trot him out there on third and three or something like that and 
and, don't even look his way. Just and you know. to my point, I mentioned before about Galladay, having him out there as a decoy makes you think, and sure. it makes yeah. you think, and you have to account for it. Somebody, you know, maybe it's Daniel, maybe it's Bellinger over the middle, or maybe it's maybe someone Kenny becomes Sills. the benefactor. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love it's David Sills. I just every Correct, week you, 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 you call him a different first name every week, but I let it go because it, it, it's always true to the point you're making when you're talking about him is that he's exactly. a nobody. So I just let it go. Just, but it's, you know, it's, it makes me laugh every time. Randall Sills to me is just a, a body <laughs> that's out there. And as long as Horace Sills is running his routes and Bernie Sills is not fumbling, whatever. <laughs> you had to pick the three oldest man names you could find. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so so nothing new i think on galladay as you mentioned him uh I, I he's got a legitimate mcl uh, legitimate of course they're legitimate but, but i mean he has a multi-week injury with his knee i mean that just is a fact with an mcl strain it's the same thing that we've seen with uh leonard williams who never missed a game before missed uh three conspiracy cranky question for you go ahead is that all just bullshit and they're just – the parties agreed he's not playing anymore on this team and they're just going to say he's injured to save face? I don't think so because it happened in-game. Mm. I mean, you you can like I, – I, like I, I don't think so. I like to throw a wacky theory out once a show, and that's my wacky theory at this. So it's kind of like – No, I mean, it, I think it, I think that's not that wacky, but I, I don't I don't think so. Or, or I don't know. That's fair. So, I mean, I guess it's possible that he hurt his knee legitimately, whatever. He hurt his knee, had to come out of the game, and over the course of the weeks, they, they came to that agreement that it, you know, they just call it a sprained MCL, give him a couple weeks. But but it's not like the kind of injury that's going to sideline him the whole year, so I don't really get the benefit. Or, they, like I said, they just want him to go away. They just say he's injured and he just never comes back. Well, like, would you be surprised if, if he if never came li- back? If that, yes, yeah, because that would confirm that it's like either they lied about his injury or they lied about his injury. Like it was <laughs> either way more severe than they said or they did exactly what you just said. So yes, yeah. that would surprise me. Yeah, okay, because they could just IR him. I I wonder even if that would like that might knock some money off of his salary if he has like a per game roster thing. I don't know how salaries work. Doesn't it? If you're an IR, is it something like the insurance kicks in paying the salary? Or I w- that I would be the last person to answer that question. Hmm. Um, but okay, so so people who are coming back, we'll flip to the other side of the ball. Um, looks like Leonard Williams is coming back. Looks like Aziz Ojolari is coming back, and we already know who came back was Landon Collins, um, who was working with the inside linebackers. Does that surprise you at all? No, because if you remember, listen to our show from three years ago when we we didn't re-sign him. It was like, we're not giving a lot of money to a guy who's a one-dimensional guy. He was a guy who, you know, better who couldn't cover anybody. And we, we I think you might have even said at one point, maybe he should be a linebacker. I might have. Back when. Might have, yeah. Yeah. I mean— He's certainly an in the box kind of safety. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't shock me. Also, it doesn't shock me because this is kind of like. This is sort of wink being wink at a certain point too. I mean, he likes putting, uh, you know, either seven DBs on the field or three linebackers. You know, it's one week or the other. Um, and also with Leonard Williams coming back, 
you know, you have guys, you know, on the defensive line where they're going to hold their blocks and it'll make it easier for linebackers to go in and do their job. So, you know, his life will be easier because having Leonard Williams back, if we think he's back, which I think he is as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, Landon Collins, you're pretty much just giving him the opportunity to just play downhill Mm -hmm. for the most part. And, uh, it's probably, I, I think I've said this before, you know, there are certain times where you get a guy in on short notice and you just give him the go get the quarterback or just cover this guy kind of assignment where you're just like just do this don't Mm -hmm. worry about anything else don't learn anything you don't have time do this and that's sort of along those veins yeah obviously i'm exaggerating a little bit but uh yeah this is kind of the other thing where it's just like we'll just put him in a downhill position don't put him in any position where he might be forced to suddenly have to cover being covered or or something yeah yeah. But but like on the fly based on motion or something like that. But just try and keep him in simple situations. Right. Uh, also, I think it just maximizes what he's best at. Yep. Yep. Um. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Do you, Do you feel happy that he's back? Did we even talk about that? Uh. Again, I don't wax poetic about guys from you know three, four, five years ago. It's just okay if he, he's someone that helps us. Great. I I just I like him in this defense. Yeah, I like the idea. Like, I don't think that this would have worked in like Patrick Graham's defense. Uh, I think where it's just kind a, of like sit back and like zone or something like that. Like this, just put him in an attack position and let him go. I think for as little money as we have to maneuver to bring guys onto this team, I think that's as good as you're going to get. And and he has a specific skill set that we need. And it sure, yeah. fits into our our defense. I think it's fine. I mean, the fact that it's Landon Collins really. You know, that's great. Welcome back. But I also wasn't lighting candles when they didn't resign. I, yeah, I didn't really have a. He had comments about that too. Where he was like, "It wasn't New York. It wasn't the people. Like whatever. It was just Dave Gettleman didn't want me back." It's like, I kind of understand. Like he was in a position where you were going to kind of want a lot of money, and he yeah. didn't want to sink it into that. And I don't really have a problem. We, we with were in that. a we were in a Twitter discussion uh, yesterday about that. Was it like? Do you think he didn't come back because Gettleman didn't want him? I'm like, well, this is not a Gettleman thing. This is just a – I think at the time we were like – we were both in agreement that we should not spend a lot of money on this guy for what he's – what he's, what he gives you. So I, I wouldn't put this in the Gettleman category of, okay, he was so awful as a GM. Here's another example of it. It was just, you know, you only have so much money and you can't spend on something. And remember, he's coming back now at a fraction – Oh, oh my that. god, it's not even a, what would he a, end So yeah. basically my my thing with that whole thing was uh what he landed on the open market with Washington was insane money for somebody of his skill set. Uh and then, you know, knowing what we know about him in coverage and, and you know, whatever. It was it was right. too much fucking money, which right. leads you to believe that that was what he was his camp was kind of asking for a Dave Gettleman. You know what I mean? So once you hear that and it's so astronomically out of what you're willing to spend. You're so clearly on two different planes. Telling them to shove off is a totally normal fucking thing to do when you're a new GM coming in, ready to to mm-hmm. to take over a team and make it good again. I mean, there's that's totally reasonable. So once you see that contract, that's not Washington being stupid. That's Washington being dumb for agreeing to what his camp wanted. They didn't just offer that, you know. Right. And they're so, not, it's not the first time they've done that either. Exactly. I mean, that's that's what his camp was com- was was asking for. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't care. And we've already. I this is my fault. We've talked too much about this already. Um, it's okay. We're not going anywhere. 
Yeah. All right. Let's stick with. So let's talk about the defense because are you are you worried about this game? Are you worried about Lamar Jackson? Are you worried about the Ravens' offense? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely concerned. Lamar Jackson's one of the unique runners in this league, and you know, statistic-wise, we haven't been so great, you know, on, on run defense. And it's a guy like him who, you know, could take matters into his own hands. I mean, I definitely think we have to. You know, I'd love to have a spy on him for a game like this, you know, to try to minimize that. But, uh, yeah, he frightens me. We've all seen the the tape of him this year, what he can do. And, you know, my fear is with this defense is getting off the field. And if he's the type of guy where it's third and eight and with his legs can get the first down, extend drives. And all of a sudden you look at the first half and they've had the ball for – you know, 20 minutes, and that's the last thing we need. So I am very worried about him. Um, are you worried about him throwing the ball at all? Uh, sort of. I mean, I, I he's a type of, again, the way he can move around in the pocket, you know, I'm worried that you're not going to get a traditional pass rush against him. It's not just, you know, it's going to – he's going to – find a way to, to, to throw so um but not as much as i am with his legs clearly not i mean i'm not worried about him like i would with an aaron Rodgers or other quarterbacks that are considered elite in this league so i wouldn't i'm not worried about the passing offense of baltimore now i'll put that as a whole combination of just him and everything else um i think like collectively as a team I, i'm i'm worried about the run game but uh you know yeah. Because this Ravens team, they're going to run. They're going to they, mm-hmm. they just want to run the ball. And Greg Roman is is one of the best there. Is it does it? He he does it in creative ways. He does it in fancy ways, and he also does it simple and straight ahead ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, statistically, our run game's been whatever. Our run defense has been, I guess, middle of the pack or towards the the bottom half of the league. But I think that's more so because we don't have the talent for a complete defensive roster that we're doing a week-by-week approach to how we're doing things. So mm-hmm. those weeks, like I said, where we're either, we either have three linebackers or we have seven DBs, uh, those weeks where we have seven DBs, we're just letting those run yards rack up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and some of that also is, you know, uh, whatever. So – I when we do sell out versus the run, also the exception is the Dallas game. I mean, we had we had trouble in the Dallas game, mm-hmm. um, but when we do sell out for the run, I mean that Titans game, we we shut that down. That was shut down. It was Chicago um, too. Chicago too. Well, Chicago. I'm watching this game right now is pathetic. But <laughs> but, but yeah, time, you're right. We were, but you're right. But also at the time we, didn't we were have concerned Williams. about the running game. Yeah, we also didn't have Leonard Williams. So that was one of the reasons why we were concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Packers, a fantastic running team, they mm-hmm. we got them to get away from it. Yeah, who mercifully stopped running. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean that's that was a team collective effort because we, yeah, they were running, but they weren't really committed to it. Know, yeah, they, they were never really they weren't breaking off massive chunks. I mean, the running no. game was just working. So when they needed to catch up, they moved away. But so I feel okay about the run defense as long as like, like I feel okay because I think that we are going to sell out versus the run. I think we're going to sell out versus the run and I think that as long as everyone stays disciplined um and they stay strong at the point of attack, what we have up front, I'm okay with. 
with Jalen Smith playing at linebacker and, and uh, you know, I'm thinking that Landon Collins is going to be in some run defense role <laughs> because he's very good at this. I can't believe we're saying this, but it's true and it's working, right? Yeah. That's more about that. Some is greater than the, than the parts. It's like you just rattle off Jaden Smith and Landon Collins and. If we yeah. said and training- I, I honestly think that that's going to be a huge thing. They're good run stoppers, and that's all we're using them for. I want to flip it a little bit. I think the fact that we're going to be able to run on them is going to, you know, I talked about time possession before. That's where I think the time possession thing is going to really work. We are going to own time possession. It will make our keep our defense fresh against them. So, so you know, running after Lamar Jackson all game is a lot easier when you only have to do it for for less time for for like 25 minutes exactly if you have to do it for 37 38 minutes he's going to wear you down but if you know yeah. we can keep getting first downs and we can keep moving the chains and we can get time possession i think that's that's as big if not anything else for this defense to be successful second half like it was against green bay I think the other thing, too, is that Rashad Bateman doesn't look like he's going to play. This is already a team that has just as few wide receivers as we do. They, on the other hand, make up for it with tight ends are are pretty damn good. Uh, So, I mean, it just comes down to that. Like, the fact that Bateman's out just makes it all the easier. We just need guys to be covering tight ends. I mean, guys like Dane Belton can come in and play a significant role in this regard. This This is a walk in the park for somebody like Xavier McKinney. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, should be anyway. Here I am motion everybody, but um, it's my I job. feel I feel okay about Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. So th- this is truly should be a one dimensional Ravens team that we can sell out against and stop. And we'll flip it to the other side of the ball. Are we going to be able to score points? Now you think that we're going to own time of possession, right? I think so. I I think our I think the way our running game has been going, I, I, I think we will. I think we will. Their, their, their run defense is worse than ours, and I think that we'll be able to have nice, long, time-consuming drives. I think we have fine-tuned our passing game while it's not, you know, <laughs> by anybody's definition, elite or really good or good. I think it's been fine-tuned to be effective within this offense. And, you know, Daniel Jones is not making physical or mental mistakes. He's, you know, finding guys when he needs to. But the backbone of this offense is still the running game. And I think with, uh, you know, the way uh, Barkley's been running, I really do. I think we're. I think this is a game we can dominate the, um, you know, the line of scrimmage, and uh, you know, have big chunks of time and yardage against them. Well, I'm going to agree with you, but also I'm going to hit you with something else. Is uh... I think that they're going to try and do the exact same thing. I think they're going to try and sell out defensively against the run, and I don't think we should. I don't think we should waver. I think that if they're going to do that, then play action them. We've already shown that we can throw the ball, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not saying that we should be challenging them through the air. But if they come out there and they want to stack the box, then play action them and throw. Make mm-hmm. them get off balance. Now, quite the contrary, I don't want to be throwing a whole lot because. The entire defensive line kind of worries me in pass protection, but I'm particularly worried about JPP on Evan Neal. Yeah. Um, JPP is not like – I mean, he, he, he 
he's way too experienced. He's way too, he's got way too many moves. He knows what he's doing. The lack of a hit, fingers is not going to matter in ah, this matchup. And, and Evan Neal is inexperienced. He's a little bit slow and clunky right now. Uh, it's going to be a problem. And but, I think he's you know, suffering from a little self confidence right now too. I mean, probably he's, been, he's not been playing well, and and that's okay. He's going to get an incredibly long leash. Um, but you know, if you've been playing poorly for two, three, four weeks in the league, when all your life you've been super fantastic, there has to be a little bit of hit of confidence. So. Of course, yeah, and I, I think you're right. But you know what? Fuck all that because just <laughs> just run run past protection with with a tight end to help him out a little bit to to just chip or something like that. Run your play action off of it, and you know what? If they're going to stack the box, make one of those linebackers try and play Wandale. He'll be back. Make someone cover Barkley out of the backfield. If that's the way they want to play, let them play. I mean, we don't have to be taking deep shots. You know, and I'm not saying you know run the same scheme we did last week, where Darius Slayton's going down the field and just doing in breaking routes. I don't think that's going to be working every single week, and I don't want to be dropping back that much. But even those short things over the middle, if they're going to do that, then let the running game work off of that. Make them off balance, yeah. and I think I think that'll that'll be all it takes. Um, well, also, let them prove that. I mean, again, I said their 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 rush defense is not very good. A, let's see if they can stop us what we do best, and then B, like you said, play action because you're. I don't want to throw the ball forty five times, you know, against any defense because again, we don't have the weapons to do that, and you know I. Again, let them prove to us that they can stop the run. You know, that they're going to stack the stack the, the box, and they're effective against us. We have other ways to to work around that. With you know, we have a very good play action game. Um, but I I, I want to. I wouldn't be afraid to do what we do best, and our best is running the ball and play action. I wouldn't change my scheme to be afraid of something until it's proven they can't it can't work. Take it to them. Don't be afraid of them. Hit me with a prediction. Tell me how this game is going to go. Well, I've been a little bit in my predictions. I'll believe it when I see it. And I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb this week. I think they're going to pull it off. I think they're going to win this week. I think this has been a very heady week for the Giants. They've been getting a lot of love from the media, from the Twitterverse. You know, Giant fans are already booking their flights to Phoenix. But I think you're you're hearing a lot of when you hear a lot of like, are they for real? That means people are paying attention to this team and there's a little bit of energy. And I think, you know, fresh off that the, the win last week, coming home, I think the Meadowlands will be, you know, I think the I think that crowd is excited. There, this is the first time in a very, very long time that this fan base is excited to go to a game to watch a team that's been winning and gives them a reason to get up in the morning and schlep all the way to the Meadowlands and go watch a team for three hours. I think they're going to feed off that energy. And, you know, it's a one o'clock game. All the, the old timers will all be there. Um, and I think we're, I think we're going to dominate running the ball. I really do. I think Saquon Barkley's going to have another really good game today. I think, um, I think again, you'll see a passing game very similar to what we saw last week. I think, I think you'll see it be very effective. Um, I think you'll continue seeing guys like Daniel Bellinger playing playing well. Um, I think it's going to be a 
14 Giants win and they go five and one. Wow. You don't shock me there, though. I thought you would do something like that. The only thing that shocks me is that you just predicted that Baltimore is not going to have Justin Tucker kick a field goal. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, uh, I think that this game is going to go a lot like what you just said. I think yeah, that I, the crowd is going to be super into it, but I think that this is going to be – I think that they're going to pull this game off. I think that they're going to dictate things on the ground, but, but Baltimore <laughs> – Baltimore is still scary to me, and I think that they're going to break off a big play. Plus, Justin Tucker has a big leg, so they're going to be able to hang around. And I don't think that we're going to be able to move the ball against this defense as well as we did against the Packers. Um, I think that this is going to be a fun one. The crowd's going to be super into it but because it's going to be close all game, and I think they'll pull it off something like 20-16 to 16 Giants. I think they're going to continue playing the way they've been playing with, you know, limiting mistakes, playing clean. I mean, that's the, that's one of the things that's kind of like, you know, that can make up for your talent gap is if you're playing smart, you're playing, you know, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of turnovers. That's how you stay in games and you beat teams. And I think that's, I think that's going to continue. I think that's another extension of, you know, the impressiveness of this coaching staff is, you know, getting these guys to make the right physical, uh, mental decisions, play physically smart, and I think that continues also. Now, if, if they have a bad game where there's, you know, four turnovers and stuff, all bets are off, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to keep playing, you know, safe and secure football. Um. Moving to the games around the division, uh, this Washington-Chicago game just uh, got interesting here down the wire. It didn't get any better, but it got interesting down here the wire. So instead of giving a prediction, since there's only like less than a minute left, we'll move on to the Dallas at Philly one, and then we'll just kind of report the ending to the other game. (laughs) Dallas at Philly. That has to be huge. Um Sure. I I said that I would wouldn't stop picking Philly until they lost, uh, and I don't think they're going to lose this game. So uh, I got to pick Philly here, but I don't know. Any any particular thoughts on this matchup? I just can't see Cooper Rush going every week and winning. I mean, it's he's done a fantastic job. I mean, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. No, this whole league doesn't make any sense. I mean, why are the Giants? You know, four and one right now. That doesn't make any sense. It's just this. How does Philly all of a sudden two years ago, we were like, this team is going to be god awful and they're in cap hell and, you know, lines suck, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden now they're the cream of the NFL. They just had and they blew a bunch of draft picks, too. Yeah. I mean, they were basically, you know, 14, 15 months ago, they were winning games by basically trying to troll the Giants. That was their that was their mantra. And now all of a sudden they're the best team in the NFL, uh, but playing like it. I mean, there's no smoke and mirrors. I, I think they're playing really, really well. I mean, if Cooper Rush, if they would go into Philly and they win, he's by textbook definition of the term is MVP of this league. You know, for the value that he's given to this team when their quarterback is out and just winning and beating LA, beating 
the Giants beating Philly. We're not talking about going in and just beating Southwest Louisiana or just, you know, the scrubs of this league. It, 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 it's mind-boggling what he's done. It's one, It's almost as surprising as what the Giants are doing. I just don't think it's going to happen again. I'm not going to bet on that every week that he's going to keep winning. So I, the combination that Philly still looks like the class of the league and Cooper Rush, I'll take Philly. Yeah. Um, the only thing that gives me the hang-up is that like all this credit that I've, I've you know, probably should some of it go to Cooper Rush. I'm just giving to Kellen Moore for being a genius. Uh, and I don't really just – I just don't think much of the Philly coaching staff. And I, I wonder if he is going to out-scheme something. I mean that's really my – this this actually I'll, – I'll put it this way. I'm picking Philly because Philly makes sense. It doesn't make any sense for Dallas to win this game. But I'm going to be keying in to see right now this is putting to the test my theory of Kellen Moore here. If this game is super close where it's just like I cannot believe this is happening and it, Cooper Rush is balling – I'm going to feel pretty good that uh, this is now Kellen Moore talking and not Cooper Rush. I'm going to be very consistent here for a second. And, you know, as great as this giant start has been and all the praise is going to this coaching staff and rightly deserved for as great of a job as Dable has done, Kafka has done, all the coaches have done. At the end of the day, players have to play. Coaches can put you in the best position possible, but you have to play. And I, I think the same thing with Kevin Moore, Kellen Moore. He's done a great job. We think he's a great coordinator, but at the end of the day, players have to play. And you know, Cooper Rush, it, coaches aren't chess players. They're not just moving pieces around the board. The, the, the pieces have to execute. And I, I think that you, know, you can coach guys up so much, but at the end of the day, they have to play. And I think that the, the Cowboys are playing well. I think Cooper Rush is playing well, much the same way that Saquon Barkley is playing well, uh, and Daniel Jones is playing well. So I, I, I agree with you that Kellen Moore is, is a great coordinator, and he's probably going to be the next head coach of somebody somewhere. But I want to just – I've always been a player's play guy more than a coach's coach guy, I guess. So does that make sense? It does, but I disagree because of uh, all the quarterbacks we see, like Matt Castle – and uh, Matt Flynn that come out of really well-coached systems or you know come from really good teams. They command a shitload of money on the open market, and then they are not actually good. Um, so I, I think the quarterback position is, is something that in particular can be inflated. Uh, so, but I think generally you're right. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, but I mean, we'll, we'll see in the future eventually because at this rate, Cooper Rush is getting a starting gig somewhere. Exactly. Right? Someone's so. gonna someone's gonna overspend for him. So someone. next year, Cranky, we're we're gonna get the end of this. We're gonna get to the bottom of whether or not Cooper Rush is good or Kellen Moore is better. Cooper Rush is gonna sign a massive contract with Carolina, and this time next year, Carolina is gonna be two and four, and you know <laughs> we're gonna be like, "Told you so, Grump." You know who else is two and four? Washington, because Chicago couldn't punch it in from the fucking five-yard line, man. <laughs> they needed a touchdown to win that game, and they couldn't do it. So congratulations, Washington. Just, Justin Fields is worse than Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Um, 
Saturday, college weekend, big game, Michigan-Penn State. Lots of guys to take a look at. Michigan, uh, uh, Michigan's got some tight ends. Eric All, uh, Schumacher. I, I like uh, interior offensive lineman Oluwatimi. Um, all positions that the Giants need to address. You know, tight end especially. You know, we can't be rolling with just Daniel Bellinger. He's more of a uh, in-line Y tight end. Mm-hmm. We need somebody who can catch the ball. And uh, they've got a couple of those. Penn State, on the other hand, really going to be looking forward to uh, Joey Porter Jr. playing corner because we need one of them as well. Um, but ultimately, it should just be a good game. Are you going to watch this? I mean, you're not really much of a Big Ten guy. but Well, I'll be in Gainesville as part of our 12-hour tailgate for the 7 o'clock Florida LSU game. Uh, well, I'm going to probably be watching. What, that, what time is that game? At noon? Or uh, I don't remember. It's at noon. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'll be watching that because I'll be focusing on Bama, Tennessee at 3.30 before our there game. Um, update for those of you, you know, the one or two of you out there who watch Florida games every week like I do. I had mentioned Osiris Torrance, the right guard for the Gator, who should probably be a first-round pick. He is questionable this week. He tweaked his knee last week in the Missouri game, and he's questionable for this week, so... You know, something to keep your eye on to see if that gets any worse or not, you know, obviously for Florida in the short term. But, you know, as he plays this year, gets more game film and, uh, you know, reps this year before, the, you know, the the draft and everything. So obviously that's what I'll be focusing no, on. No, that's that. Yeah, that's big news because he's going to be one of the major guys coming out of Florida this year. There aren't going to be a ton They're going to be NFL talent. So not really. No. And he's he's number one. He might he might be the number one. Right. Oh, I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's an episode. Um, (laughs) Be sure to like, subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, etc. You guys know the drill. At football underscore grump. At the cranky fan. Um, Cranky is not going to be at the game Sunday. uh, But I will. Yeah, I got family commitments I will be at. uh, But I will be there in spirit. And uh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so what he means by family commitments is he w- he'll be watching the game live just on a TV instead of doing whatever he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> That'll be happening in the room. He just won't be paying attention. I've I've been at these events. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and uh, it'll all be good. So, <laughs> but uh, Grumpy will definitely be there um, holding the fort down for all of us in the uh, 124 crew. So. So I will see you there, and if you guys are not going to the game, then we will see you on Tuesday morning for next episode recapping this game. Until then, go Giants! Go Giants!